0: We are Fusion Church located in Fishkill, New York. Welcome to our podcast. We are deeply passionate about reaching people with the gospel and seeing lives changed. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message will inspire you and bring you hope. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? How's everybody today? We're going to have an awesome service today. We are on the third part of our message series entitled God With Us. And I can't believe this week is Christmas. Who could believe that? Man, I need some Christmas into my life this week. Um, man, I got to tell you, this COVID thing, I was doing pretty good up until probably November. Then November came and I'm like, wow, the big dark winter's ahead of us. And I actually started to feel a little COVID claustrophobic. I really did. I'm like, man, I... I just want to get out. Not that I want life to go back to normal, but the certain like comforts I think in life or freedoms that we took for granted before COVID um, that I started to realize just, you know, we're still paying that, that price in the middle of a pandemic. And this year, more than ever, Christmas means so much more to me. Look, I always knew it was about Jesus, right? I mean, as a pastor, that's what we celebrate, and, and then part of that is family and gifts, what the gifts represent, right? We give gifts because figuratively, it represents to each of us the greatest gift of all, Jesus, and it's this wonderful reminder of this gift of salvation that was birthed out of heaven into your life and mine on Christmas, and that's very much what this message series is about, but in the midst of the struggle we're all in, and guys, we're not alone, it's Whole country, it's a whole world. You know, I'm thinking about our first responders, I'm thinking about police, I'm thinking about nurses and doctors who don't have the freedom to be off for the holidays, but rather they're going to be in the hospital taking care of the sickest among us. Man, COVID now is not like it was in the spring, right? In the spring, it was isolated pockets around New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut. Right now, it's spread throughout the whole U.S. I mean, everybody, I Spoke to over the last week, everybody has at least one family member or somebody close that they're like, yo, COVID's getting close to home. Like, somebody's sick, right? So, so all of us, I think, need a little joy in our life, right? And that's really what Christmas is about. It's a reminder that, that Christ is the joy bringer, the hope of the world. And man, I've been, I've been standing on this all week, something I really believe. There's one thing that spreads faster than a virus, it's hope. There's one thing that spreads faster than a virus, it's, it's love, it's service, it's, it's the gospel, it's the hope of the world, his name is Jesus, and for you and I, we're anchored in that truth today, but where was that truth echoed for us? In our anchor scripture for today's message, Matthew one twenty three. look, the virgin will conceive and have a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, right? God is with us, what a, what a wonderful gift and promise that we can claim when we're in hardship, Whatever it is in life you're facing. I mean, my heart goes out to all of the little kids of the world, right? Man, the freedoms we have had in past holidays, where we're able to bring our two, three, four, five, six, up to 10 years old to Christmas with their grandparents. And this year, it's a very different discussion. And my heart goes out to you guys who are raising middle schoolers, and you have to have that discussion. Like, we're not able to see grandma and grandpa this year. We're not able to see that aunt or uncle this year. We're not able to see your best friends for Christmas because we don't want to get anyone sick and we don't want anyone to get us sick. COVID on some level has impacted everybody's lives. But one thing I know for sure is even in the midst of the storm, there is hope. Even in the midst of the storm, there is Jesus. You're not alone. This year is hard on everybody to different degrees, different, different costs that we've had to pay, right? Some people are just grieving an impacted holiday. Others are grieving the loss of a loved one. And this season, we need Christmas more than ever. We need the reason for the season more than ever that I know that when I hurt, Jesus is with me. I know when I celebrate and life is good, Jesus is with me. There's somebody in here today who's like, yeah, COVID hasn't been an issue. My income has not been impacted. I don't know anybody sick. You might be the minority, but you know God's still with you today. He is. He's with you whatever place in life you're at. But this message series, if you're tuning in now for the first time, what we're really looking at is how Jesus is with us in the various seasons of life that we're in. What I know for sure is that there's lots of seasons in life and Jesus is with you in all of them if you just open up your hearts to him. At the end of the day, all of us at one point, and maybe some of us today tuning in online in person or podcast, you might even walk into the service and you're like, well, I don't really know who God is. I'm walking in, I'm pretty far from God. It takes a surrender. For the believer who's crippled by fear in the midst of this pandemic, we need Jesus just as much today as we did at the moment of salvation. And the Bible, the Bible reminds me of three seasons of pain that we often talk about in Scripture. And we've covered them in this message series. One is the valley. You know what a valley is? It's a short-term moment of pain that sometimes in life you choose to face. It's that giant in the valley that you know he's there. You're willing to pull back the, the carpet that everything's hit under. You're willing to pull back the curtain in life. You're willing to look at the things that are hard to look at. And in those moments when you face that giant, it's a valley moment, but it tends to be temporary. Then there's the wilderness, Nobody wants to be in the wilderness. As we talked about in the past, it's where many people's faith goes to die, where we question God, God, where are you? The wilderness is a elongated season of pain, which is a test of your faith and your endurance. Today, we're gonna talk about God in the storm, the God of my storm. You know what a biblical storm is? It's that short-term pain that takes you by surprise. It really is a quick, acute moment of difficulty, of challenge that you didn't see coming. And in many ways, this pandemic was like a storm for us. Whatever it is you're facing this Christmas season, whether it's a hard conversation with your kids, the loss of a loved one, maybe you're sick yourself. Hopefully you're not in person service if you're sick, right? We follow guidelines. If you've got a sniffly nose, you got to stay home. You can watch online. But God is with us. And you know what I do when, when I face seasons of hardship? Guys, it's hard. And it's so easy, We, you know, especially if you've been in church in a while. Oh, you just need to pray. We give that prayer band-aid. It's hard. you know prayer is warfare? There ain't nothing easy about it. The only time prayer is easy is when things are going well in your life. But when you're struggling, your faith is tested. When we're struck with difficulty, my eyes look to the hills where my hope comes from. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for, the assurance of the things we don't see. That's what faith is. It's about trusting God for what you believe God will give you. And so many of us today need to stand on faith in the midst of this Christmas season. But see, the psalmist, in almost all the psalms you see this, a a person, an author who's dealing, David in many cases, or Moses, who's dealing with a deep pain in his life, a deep hardship, something you and I can, can relate to Loss of a friend, loss of a loved one, setbacks, enemies, being the black sheep of your family, your kids turning against you. Whatever David has gone through, all of us on some level have. But you know what was unique about David? Every time he, he faced a pain or a difficulty, he knew what to look at. See, too many of us get stuck. Follow me on this, guys. We look at our pain too often, and our pain starts to define us. When you sit in your condition and you identify with that condition long term, it starts to become you. See, you may have a setback in life. You may have failed at something. And when we sit in that and we just think about that over and over, what starts to happen? I'm a failure. I can't do it. And we get that four-letter word, can't, right? And you start to feel like a nobody and nothing because your condition has become you. But David often took himself out of his condition. This isn't about denial. It's about being honest and looking at the pain you're in, whatever that is, and saying, God, I give this to you, but I'm going to look at where my truth comes from. I'm going to look not at what my heart looks at because in the heart is deception. Don't follow your heart, folks. Your heart is always going to leave you in a wrong direction because a heart has nothing to do with truth. It's all just feelings which are like the wind. And our feelings change. They come and they go. But there is a truth you can hang your hat on. It's the Word of God. So the psalmist in Psalm 18 says this, I love you... I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Imagine in the place of pain, in the place of difficulty, you're not sitting here with an Eeyore attitude. Who, who's watched Winnie the Pooh? Y'all know Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. All right. You remember Eeyore? Right? The Eeyore says, hey, this is hard. This is difficult. I can't. Woe is me. Right? And then you got Tigger. My daughter's like a Tigger, Gabby. She I call her Sunshine, right? She's all over the place. She's bouncing off the walls with excitement, with joy. And this is what the psalmist is at. Woe is me, here's my problems, but I'm not going to live in that. I'm going to detach myself from it. I'm going to look at it, give it to God, but I'm going to stand on my rock. I know where my hope comes from. I'm going to trust in God no matter what my difficulties or my pains are today my shield and my horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. We're going to jump to verse 16 of Psalm 18. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from my foe who were too strong for me. Even though life beats you up, sometimes life feels too much for you. There's a God out of heaven Guys, you got to stand on this. He literally stretches his arm out of heaven to grab hold of you. They comfort me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. I'm sorry, they confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord is my support. He brought me out into spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Guys, I want you to own this for a moment. Say, Say this to yourself. He delights in me. He delights in me. God delights in you. And I got to talk to you for a moment about thoughts. Everybody take out your cell phone. Hold it up. That's a thought. That was a dream. Do you know that? You guys could put it away. That, that, was, that started with a dream. Guys, there, are, there is power. Like legit power in a dream. There's legit power in a thought. Your thoughts have power to wreck your life or bless your life. Do you know 25 years ago, I didn't have a cell phone. I had a beeper. And when I wanted to text, I wrote it upside down and it said, I love you. You remember that, John Marie? Where are you? 143, right? 143. For you youngsters, you got no clue what I'm talking about. But we had this beeper thing. It was like primitive texting, right? And then somebody had a thought. Man, what if we grab technology, right? What if, we, what if we shrink it down? What if we make it micro and we stick it into this thing called a cell phone? And you know what? All of you today are the recipients of somebody's dream. Do you know what you struggle with in life Are the things you thought yesterday? You see, your life, your feelings will always go in the direction of your strongest thoughts. They will either build you, bless you, or totally wreck you. Thoughts always lead feeling. Your thoughts are the leader's Your feelings or the followers. Your feelings didn't just come from nowhere. What I think about, what I meditate on day and night, is going to influence how I feel. It's going to be with you. It's going to become you. So what did the psalmist do? He said, man, this is how I feel. This is what's going on in my life. I'm not going to be defined by my life's biggest mistake. I'm not going to be defined about what people have said about me. The attacks that have come my way, the difficulty, the disease, the pandemic I'm in, Man, I am a child of God. God is with me in the storms of life. God is with me in the difficulties that you and I face. Guys, hold your thoughts accountable. Do you know you are the gatekeeper of your thoughts? They have power. And this week for me, I understand the power of the storm. Say power. Every storm you're in in this life has tremendous power. My family and I faced a huge storm after service last week. I got a call. My mother was sick. She got COVID-19 and... She was going down the tubes really quick. Actually, this was not going in the right direction. After 24 hours, her oxygen dipped below uh, 90. She was admitted to the hospital. Mom had some serious breathing issues. Then her oxygen levels, mid-80s, they got her on the oxygen mask, not not intubated. And everything seemed to be going in the wrong direction and and I was concerned was I in fear no because I've been in this valley before I've been in this storm before and I've seen the hand of God so what I did was I rested on the faithful God I know in another season and I brought that truth to the season I'm currently in but I was still concerned and I prayed and I didn't know how this thing would turn out with my mom right and my mom has a a medical condition a pre-existing conditions We almost lost her two years ago. She had encephalitis. It swelled her brain literally. She had 106 fever. Her eyes were rolled back in her head. Two years ago, I'm looking at her on her deathbed. I thought she was going to die, and God answered prayers. She's a walking miracle today. (laughs) So as bad as mom is, I get a call. I, I believe it was yesterday. It was possibly Friday afternoon. All of a sudden, mom wakes up. Mom's oxygen is up. Mom's doing great. They released her from the hospital, praise God. Then my wife and I were celebrating and we go out to breakfast alone because COVID-19. I can't invite anybody. Sorry if you were hungry. And we're talking about all that God did. How God in our storming. You know what? When I was in my storm for that week, I didn't do that storm alone. I rested on the sovereignty of God. God is good even when life isn't. You know what, I called, I texted, I filled in many of you who walk this life with me and I said, mom is sick, would you pray? Because you know what, here's the difficulty in the storm. Many of us isolate. Some of us try to sweep that under the rug. We deny truth. We come to church with our happy church smile on. Hey, how you doing today? And you're like, God is good. And the other person's like, all the time. And I'm like, you're a liar. God is good. But that other part you lied about. Life is hard sometimes. He's good all the time, sure, but you ain't good. So somebody asked me, how are you doing? I'm like, God is good all the time, but life sucks right now. But, but that's honest, right? So you know what I did? I reached out to many of you and others in my life, and I'm like, hey, I need your prayer. I need your support. Sometimes life hurts so bad, I don't know what to pray, but I know that the family of God does. And then there's this Holy Spirit who's praying miraculously on my behalf. There's Jesus in heaven as my high priest who's praying Man, I didn't feel alone, but you know why I didn't feel alone? Because I opened my door to all of you, the church. I opened my door to Emmanuel, God with me. A promise that I can stand on. Then we get a call in the midst of breakfast. My, my mother-in-law is COVID-19 positive. Man, so you know what we did? My wife, she cried in that moment and then we smiled. We talked and we prayed, and we said, you know, the God of the storm that literally just ended 20 minutes ago is the God of this new storm we're in. We went storm to storm, but no matter what, life brings my way. I know there's a God who never changes. You see, your circumstances in life change. You might be in a storm, but don't ever allow the presence of your storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Don't ever allow the presence of your storm to cause you to ever, ever doubt the presence of God in your life. You see, life brings us to seasons of celebration and joy, right? It's a mixed bag. Life brings us to moments of pain. But this joy, life can't take this from me, and life can't give that to me. That's right. Only God does. So what am I doing now regarding my mother-in-law? The same thing I did when my mother was in the storm. I'm praying, I'm texting you guys, I'm digging deep, I'm standing on a promise of God, Emmanuel, God with me, God with her. It's the only hope we have. Only Jesus is the joy bringer of my life. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Every one of you in this room is either in a storm today or you've been in one recently. It's that acute moment of pressure, of pain, of fear. It's that moment that took you by surprise. Some unexpected storms that we've entered. Do you ever sit at a red light and somebody smash you in the back with their car? That's a storm. It was unexpected. That breakup you didn't see coming. You're happy in your relationship. You're dating. You're like, oh, I love my girlfriend or my boyfriend. Or maybe, you know, how many, sad, how many married couples I sat across? And the guy's like, yo, I thought we had a happy marriage. Yesterday she told me she's really unhappy. A storm. A storm. Sickness. If you're a first responder, maybe you're a nurse or a doctor, and you ever had to give a patient bad news. They came in for a physical. Everything was great. They thought they were healthy, and they walked away sick. You had to break that bad news to them. For some of us, it's it's that acute storm that comes at the exposure of a secret. Has anybody ever told you something you didn't see coming? You found out what you suspected? Sometimes it's the exposure of a lie. One of the more painful moments of my life I'll never forget came through an abrupt phone call at 9.30 at night and I didn't know it was coming some years ago. It's that that storm. It's those storm moments. And in this life, maybe you're young, you know, 13, 14 years old, you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I've never been in a storm. You want to hold on to this message because life is both awesome and extremely painful. And sometimes for us, even as Christ followers, do you know following Christ sometimes walks you right into a storm? You see, we're taught to believe, oh, if I give my life to Jesus, it's going to be okay. That's true. But how God defines okay in the way you and I define it is not always the same. Sometimes the storm is purposed by God to bring about growth in your life, to bring about maturity in your life, to bring about deeper faith in your life, to bring about the great I am into your life. Do you know how many addicts that I've met who didn't know Jesus and they lived a life of addiction? And then all of a sudden they hit rock bottom. Guys, rock bottom is good. Stop rescuing people because there's only one rescuer. His name is Jesus. And then all of a sudden they had this encounter with the Lord and their life was transformed. If you've been an addict and you've come to know Jesus in that journey, you know what I'm talking about. Rock bottom's a good thing. So here's this guy, Paul. Acts 27. It's this amazing story of a journey in a storm. So who's Paul for those who don't know? Maybe you're online podcast or in person and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of new to this thing. So who's Paul? Paul was a persecutor of the faith. He actually wanted to kill all the Christians. He was not a Christ follower. He was a very zealous man to stop what he thought was a cult. Okay, guys, get this? You know, when Christianity started, they thought we were a cult. All right? Today we're the largest religion in the world. And, uh, and that's who this guy was. And he's on a journey to a town to really grab, round up, arrest a whole bunch of believers and hand them over. And he has this crazy encounter with Jesus. Jesus comes out, the risen Lord. He had already ascended into heaven. He comes back down to earth, not in the second coming. Don't confuse that. And he shows himself to Paul in a vision. And he's like, who are you? And he's like, Paul, why do you persecute me? And he's like, you ever have that old snap moment? Like he's like, oh, you, Jesus? Yeah, I've been bad. Sorry. Like he was on the naughty list. All right, Christmas, tie that in. And um, you know what? He has this crazy encounter. Guys, go read the story. It's an amazing story in, in the book of Acts. And, and he becomes a Christ follower. And then all that zeal, all that excitement he had is now turned toward the things of God. And he's going on mission trip journeys, trip after trip, and he's planting churches, and he's building up believers. And let me tell you, it was not an easy ministry. For those of you who, who, who've, di- who've dove into this or maybe you've heard this before, man, this dude was arrested he was flogged he was left for dead he was stoned he was attacked by wild animals he had to go through rivers and and on the ocean he was shipwrecked three times like he was left for dead he had to climb out of walls like ministry life was not easy following jesus was storm after storm, but his heart was full. Life can't bring this and life can't take this away. So here he is, he he feels led by God to preach the gospel in Jerusalem and Rome. He knew that was God. And all the people around him are like, no, don't. Not because they heard from God, but because they loved him. And they said, man, this is gonna be disastrous for you. They're looking to arrest you because of your great ministry. But Paul says, man, I've heard from God. So I'm going and he's on his way to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, he's arrested. He's arrested, then he's thrown into prison. He spends two years in prison in Caesarea, and then onward to Rome. So let me tell you: so he, as he's in prison, he stands before uh, a couple governors, Felix, Festus, King Agrippa, and they both, all three of them, give him trial. And he's like, "No, I appeal to Caesar. I, I'm called to go to Rome." So they place him on a ship with a bunch of criminals and Luke, the author of the Book of Acts, and he's on this ship now. And this was no ordinary journey. This was a journey of great disaster. This was a scary journey. This is that moment in scripture where he's on the water. The wind starts battering the boat. Literally the storm was so bad they had to use ropes on one side of the boat coming around to the other and they tied it all the way down the boat to hold the boat together. Life was falling apart quick. Like, God, I know you called me to Rome, but right now what I see in life, my circumstances tell me I'm about to die, but I know you have a calling for me. I know what I heard from you, God, but right now life is questioning it. And what you have to understand is when you've heard from God, when you're a child of God, life always causes you to question, did I hear God right? You see, but remember this, life changes, circumstances change. Who never changes? Never. Never. Not for a moment does God change. And you know what keeps you in the faith when life gets hard? The knowledge that you are a child of God. The knowledge that you have a Father in heaven who is for you, who loves you, He can get you through anything. We're going to pick up right here with Acts 27 verse 9. So they're on the water. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now, it was after the atonement day. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship, cargo, and to our very own lives. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. You see, sometimes following God brings you into a storm, but i got to tell you, they didn't listen to Paul. Do you realize who you listen to in this life? This story is chock full of life lessons. And we're going to talk about a bunch of them. Do you realize who you listen to will make all the difference of how your life turns out? Seriously. Because you know what leadership is? It's defined by one word, influence. Leadership is influence. You know what influence is? It's somebody's position of leadership in your life, which will influence your beliefs, your thoughts, your values as a person. And they didn't listen to Paul. They listened to the owner of the ship. They listened to the pilot, all of which you had an agenda. And we're going to see how their trip turned out. But see who you listen to in your life, who you allow to influence you. Man, take it a step further. The media, the type of music I listen to, the type of movies I watch, all of that is providing leadership in your life. And it's going to impact the way you feel. It's going to impact the things you believe. Since the harbor was unsuitable for winter, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both Southwest and Northwest. You see, Paul faced challenges in life because now of the decisions of others. You see, some of us suffer in life. We experience challenges because of other people's decisions. Some of us experience those because of our own. Take COVID-19, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Some people have gotten sick because you've denied this being a disease. It's true. You didn't take proper precautions. You didn't wear a mask. You didn't wash your hands. Look, I'm not fear-based. I don't fear this thing. Nothing can take me out. You know why? Only God can when he pulls my card because I have a purpose. So this disease is not something to be fearful of. You could be a person of faith but you don't want to be stupid too. I don't know if I could say that in church. I'm sorry, sorry. Like, Like seriously, right? Then there's people who are sick because other people didn't take precautions and they brought that bug home. You see, and that's where Paul is at. Paul has a purpose. Paul has a potential. He's in the middle of a doozy of a storm. And when you're in that storm, it always causes you to question your future. What does that sound like? Will my marriage make it? Will I get through this sickness? Will my loved one get through this sickness? Will they recover? Will I ever be forgiven by the person who holds a grudge? Will it ever be okay again? You see, when you're in a storm of life, you always question the future. Verse 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw their cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. You see, storms in your life have a way of cleaning house. You see, storms in your life will always show you what you run to for comfort. When you're hurting, what or who do you run to? Is it that vice? Is it that fix? Is it that girl? Is it that guy? Is it that relationship? Like, who do I run to that isn't named Jesus? The storm has a way of doing that. And and you know what happens in the storm? God strips you in the storm. God strips you. It's kind of like a good parent. Do you ever have to make a decision that your child saw as pain, but you did it because you love them? You allowed them to experience mild pain? For instance, don't don't play with that thing. Don't. I'll give you a good one. I used to tell my kids all the time. We'd go hiking in the woods a lot, and I'd say, "Man, don't don't go walking near that pricker bush. That thing hurts. This is what a pricker bush looks like. You're you're gonna get you're gonna get hurt." And they, you know, didn't listen. And I'm always like, "Stay away from that bush. Stay away from that bush." And then I'm like, "You know what? You're gonna learn because you listen to me. Others, or you're gonna learn the hard way." And then all of a sudden, "Ow, Daddy, I'm stuck. Jacket's getting ripped." Socks are getting pulled. And I'm like, you see where we're at. You you learned. And, And you see, when we go through storms in life, God allows us to see what we run to. And then he allows us to see how empty it is. And you know what that does? It causes me to realize, man, I've chased the best the world has to offer. And it's always come up empty. It's left me dry. And it causes me and you to look toward the heavens where our heart comes from. And to realize, man, I need the God of my storm. Not these false idols. Not these false counterfeits which are always going to leave me on empty. Verse 20, neither the the sun nor the stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. What? This is Luke writing. This he's with Paul. We gave up hope of being saved? Like, is there really a moment where an apostle and a follower of Jesus, a disciple gave up hope? You see, they didn't give up hope in a good God. What they gave up hope in is that my day is followed by another. They thought they were going to physically die. But you know what? They don't count it as loss. Why? Because I'm going to be with Christ. Life is messed up. Too many of us as believers blame God when life is painful. And you lose your blessing. Because sometimes God allows you to endure that season of pain so that He can show you He is your God. So that He can rescue in it. So your intimacy with Him will grow. So many of us get upset because we're in a storm. A storm has purpose. And they gave up all hope that they were going to be saved. Have you ever felt like giving up hope? Never going to get out of debt. If you ever said that, right? I'm never going to get out of debt. My marriage won't make it. My kids won't make it. This person in my life is never going to get clean. My dream is never going to be fulfilled. I'm never going to pass this class or this test. I'm never going to get better. You see, the absence of hope is the absence of a future. Hope is important, guys. Hope is one of the most important things you and I could ever hold on to in this life. And we know hope only comes from Jesus. But what is hope? Hope is believing that what I hope happens actually happens. Hope is the presence of a future. To know that tomorrow is coming and it's going to be okay. Some of you today in the middle of this pandemic, you need hope. When my mother again was in the hospital, I had hope. No matter what life would bring, no matter what that outcome would be, you know what my hope is? My mom is in the hands of God. God is with me. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know if she's going to live another day. But she is a child of the living God. I have hope. No matter what happens here, I know tomorrow's coming. I have hope. My mother-in-law's sick. I have hope because you can never allow the presence of your storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. I got to tell you, I was in a storm once, like a real legit storm, not a figurative storm. I love fishing. Who likes fishing in here? All right, you and I were going fishing one day. Genesis, you and I have gone fishing. Bro, I am going to talk about you. So that wasn't messed up. He's like legit on fishing. So I'm on Lake Ontario. Let me tell you, When you're on a great lake, it feels like the ocean. I go there every year. It's like my annual pilgrimage. I love salmon fishing. It's my opportunity to catch fish that are about this long. And I had this great idea that my brother-in-law is about to get married. And, man, we're going to go salmon fishing because that's what Christian guys do, right? We're going to do what Jesus did because it's a bachelor party. So... How many of you know when you get on a boat on a big water, you got to check the weather? I never check the weather. And all of a sudden, I get out there, and I'm like, oh, this one's a doozy. Like, the wind is blowing. It's like 10 miles an hour. Not too bad, but I don't like going out beyond that. So now I break a mile offshore. Mile became two. Now I'm five miles offshore. And we're trolling. we got the downriggers out. And, man, we're hoping to catch some fish. And all of a sudden, waves become swells. How many of you know a big wave is bad? But a swell is much worse. These things became rollers. Like, that's when a wave doesn't break, and it's just so mountainous, so huge, it just kind of rolls in the and the ocean. The lake is like this. And I started to think, oh, oh, God, right? And my brother-in-law's trying to be strong, and he's playing it cool. My cousin-in-law was on the boat with us, so there's three of us, and they're cool. But I looked down at my... It was my, my, my cousin in law's knuckles, and they were white. You know, when you hold on to something so tight, your knuckles can go from red to white? And I knew it was bad. And I looked at them, I said, You guys okay? But in reality, those waves at 10 miles an hour, they were about two foot waves. Now they're six, seven feet rollers. I'm only in a seven foot boat, do, a 17 foot boat. Do the math, they're like half the size of my boat. So the boat goes up and it crashes down. Goes up and crashes down. I'm trying to be tough. I'm seven miles offshore and I put this trip together and you know what my discernment said stay home don't go out but I didn't listen to God here I put myself in a storm so his knuckles are white and I look at my brother-in-law and he's like yeah I'm okay and I'm like these guys are lying to me They're lying to me and then I knew it was confirmed about 20 minutes later hey when's lunch It's 8.35 in the morning When's lunch, right? So I'm like, these guys want to go back. So I'm like, guys, you want to go back? All right, now here's my stubbornness. I'm like, man, we got 15 more minutes. Let me just troll another half a mile. And all of a sudden, a wave so big crashed over the front of the boat. Thank God that boat is buoyant. Man, the water was so high. It was up to here. I'm sitting in water. My cousin-in-law was in the front of the boat. He disappeared under the water. And I thought, surely we're about to die. Surely we're about to die. And they looked at me in fright because I'm the captain who's got it all together. And they're like is the boat going sink? Is it going to go down? I was like, no, no, it's, it's buoyant. But in my heart, I was like, oh, God, please. How am I going to tell my mother-in-law I killed her son and, and then tell my wife that I killed her brother and then tell his soon-to-be wife that she ain't getting married tomorrow? And then I said, but that's okay because I'm going to die with him. So I don't have to tell nobody. I kid you not, this was my dialogue with God. I, I kid you not. Like, I was thinking these things. So, it was, you know, it was, my, it was my attempt to cope. How many of you use humor as a coping mechanism? That was me, right? So, um... Yeah, it got real. I pull everything in. I start trying to go back to shore. And these waves are bigger now than my 17-foot boat. I mean, the waves would come so high, I couldn't even see the horizon anymore. So you know what I did? I started crying out to God. They didn't hear me. inside. I was like, oh, God. I was singing every worship song. Esther, you you know I was. Every worship song I had ever known, claiming every verse I had ever claimed. And I said, God, if I get through this, God, if I get through this, I'll never make this decision again. And you know what? It wasn't my fancy driving skills that got us back. It was the hand of God. But you, you, you know what was really awesome about that storm as I look back? I never prayed so hard in my life. <laughs> I thought I was about to die. I never prayed so hard. And I realized the power of the storm reveals to me who God is. And, and you've got to recognize storms stink. We don't want storms in our lives. But when you face them, you don't face them with the absence of hope. You realize two things. That storm came because life is hard. Sometimes God doesn't send the storm. Most of the time it's life. Most of the time you and I go through storms because of our own decisions. We hurt ourselves. Satan's not behind every bush. Sometimes you go through a storm because of the hand of others. Decisions other people made for you. That's messed up. Don't do that. And then there's a very real enemy in our lives. And then sometimes God send you into a storm to do a great work in your life. But you know what? Out of both storms, a great work happens. Because what is God's promise to every believer? That all things are going to work together for good. Romans 8.28 For those who love the Lord called according to his purpose. Verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail to Crete, and then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. This is a I told you so moment. Because guys, by now you need to realize who you listen to will make the difference on how your life turns out, how you get through a circumstance. Look, when I'm struggling emotionally, I don't call a person who's like, yeah, that stinks. You're all on your own, bro. I don't call that person. You know why? Because they speak death. I call people who speak life. Scripture tells us in Proverbs, it's a wise man who seeks the counsel of the wise. You know who I go to? People who read their word. People who claim that. People who have gone through storms and they know the hand of God because those are the people who know the resume of God who are going to carry me through when I don't know what to pray. And if you're struggling today, those are the people you and I need need to lean on, need to lean into. But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong, to whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid. Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who travel with you. You know what this ministered to me? My storm may terrify me, but your storm can't have you. You know why? Because there's a promise that the Lord made to Jeremiah. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And if that was true of Jeremiah, how much more the children of God filled with His Holy Spirit. You know why it can't have you? Because God has a plan. I have a future because He has a plan. I have a purpose because He has a plan. I'm going to make it through my pain. You're going to make it through your difficulty because God has a plan and that's something you can stand on. Whenever you're struggling, whenever you're thinking of your marriage, your hardship, the is, am I going to make it? Is this thing going to make it situation? Man, we're going to make it because God has a plan. I have a future because He has a plan. So keep up your courage, verse 25, men, for I have faith in a God I have faith in God that it will happen just as He told me. Nevertheless, say nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Nevertheless, let me tell you, God is going to save you. God is going to spare your life, but you're still going to go through the journey. You see, many of us, we want God to save us and take us out of the journey. Very often, very often, God will always save you, but very often, He'll leave you in the journey because the journey has the ability to change who you are in Christ for the good. The journey is what grows you. It's what matures you. The journey has power. Here's some things that I've learned, some great takeaways of my own seasons of pain. Sometimes following God leads me into a storm. He is always, always with me in the midst of a storm. It's in the storm that He grows and matures me. Our hope and faith is affirmed in the storm. God is revealed in the storm. God has the power to stop the storm. You see, the power of the storm isn't to defeat you. It's to reveal who God is to you. And that brings me to that storm moment in Matthew 14. You guys remember this, right? They're doing great ministry. They fed the 5,000. And Jesus sends the apostles out into the boat. He's up on a mountain praying. And, and literally, they're, afar, uh, man, they're far from shore. The wind starts going. They're being battered. And they're starting to despair at life itself. Are we going to make it? My hope is they're praying on a mountain. We're here on this boat. And they're white knuckling it. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts walking out to them on water and they're like, oh no, it's a ghost. And he says, no, it's Jesus. And they're like, teacher, is it you? And Peter, right, he's there. He's like, man, I'm about to let go of this boat. Jesus, you're my hope. My hope's walking on water. Man, I am putting too much hope in this boat that's getting torn apart by the waves. You see, so many of us do that. We are resistant. We're white knuckling it. We don't want to let go of the counterfeit Safety we have. We don't want to let go of that counterfeit blessing, that that counterfeit thing that we place our trust in. But Peter knew. He said, man, my trust is walking on that water. And if he can, I can. Why? Because Christ can do it. I can do it. Because Christ rose from the dead, so will you. Because Christ suffered and and he was victorious, you will have victory. Because Jesus went through his desert moment, you're going to get out of yours. You see, and that's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus. Whatever Jesus did is credited to your account. Peter knew that, so he gets out of water, out of the boat onto the water, and he's walking, and he's got his eyes focused on Jesus. He's like, guys, you see what I'm doing? I'm walking on water, and they're like, oh, snap, I should have got out the boat. And then he looks to his left, right? What does Scripture tell us? Keep your eyes straight. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Keep your eyes focused on Christ. But too many of us, we, we pray to God, but we focus on the, the situation. We focus on the problem. And he starts looking to his left, and he sees this big, giant wall of a wave. And he's like, that is the biggest wave I had ever seen. And all of a sudden, his faith is here, but fear started to creep in. And he turns to the right, and, he, and he's being crashed by the wind and sprinkled by the water. And he's like, oh, man, I'm about to die. And then he looks at Jesus, and he starts to sink. And you know what's so awesome about Jesus? No matter what pain you're in, no matter what difficulty, no matter what it is in life you're grieving, when you're drowning, his hand comes out of heaven and it grabs you. And I could think of that moment. He's under the water. Peter gave up all hope. Just like Paul, just like Luke, just like many of us. And then you see the miracle of God. He grabbed his hand. He pulled him out. They get on the boat. And for the first time in Scripture, you know what they did? They worshiped him as God scripture tells us, and that is the beautiful power of your storm. Whatever storm you're in this Christmas season, it will reveal God to you. If you just open your heart, you open your mind, you stop looking at the things you step on the ground, and you look to the heavens, you keep your eyes peeled to those hills where your hope comes from. God, I won't look at my problems. I'll own them. They're real, but I'm going to invite you in. I'm not going to deny that they're there, but they don't define me. They don't define my future. Man, I have a hope. I have a future. Lord God, it is in you. I'm secure in Christ. God, I'm struggling. I need a miracle. You're still working miracles on my life. You're still my way maker. You're my miracle worker. Lord God, I stand on the promises of God. Guys, I kid you not, I was doing this when my mother was in the hospital. It's not a band-aid. When I tell you guys to pray, when I say I'm praying for you, it's warfare. Is it easy? No. No. I was praying with tears in my eyes on behalf of my mother. I wasn't ready to lose mom again, but I knew if God can work a miracle once, he can work it twice. But what if he had not? He would still be good all the time, and life would be hard, and we'd be having a different message today, I'm sure. But what would be the same? He's still the God of my storm. And you know what? Too many of us, and I hope this is a rebirth for some people this Christmas season, too many of us turn our backs on God in the storm. What if we turn toward God? What if we realize I can't get through this storm without God? There is no hope apart from God. There is no joy apart from God. When life takes from me what I value most, how many of you know God will never take something from your hand without putting something greater into it? He is called faithful. He is called Emmanuel. Faith is never about what I see. It's always about what God says. Faith is never what you see. It's always about what God speaks through his word and into your life. Would you guys pray with me right now? Father God, we thank you, Lord. You are indeed the God of the storm. Lord God, we look to you, Jesus, the God of the storm. We look to you, the one whose hand can hold back the wind and the waves. We don't look at our situation. We're not defined by it. Lord God, we place our hope And our trust in you today, Jesus. For you are for us, God. You are with us, God. We are not alone, Jesus. We are not, uh, Lord God, we're not forgotten about, Lord God. We are completely covered by your blood, Jesus. We are covered by the promises of God. Lord God, we choose today to open that door. Lord God, our pain's real, our discomfort's real. But Lord God, you are with us. Lord God, you are for us. There's not one person today, Lord God, who has to remain far from you, Jesus. Your hand has left heaven and is reaching out to them. Some in here today, some online, some through podcast. If you're here today and you're in need of Jesus and you want to place your hope and trust in him, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord God, forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for my sins. paid my price on that cross, rose from the dead, and is my God and Savior. Holy Spirit, I invite you in right now. Do a work in me. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We have a new message that comes out every week. You can click the link in the description below to follow us on Facebook or Instagram or jump onto our website at fusionchurchny.com for more information. We would like you to be a part of what God is doing at Fusion Church, so please subscribe to our podcast and share it on social media. Make sure you tag us. We want to get to know you and feel free to rate us and leave a review.